Welcome, FinTech Talkers, to another edition of the FinTech Talk Show. This is Patty. On our guest today are three future unicorn CEOs innovating in NFT, esports, and the metaverse. Please welcome Ram Subramanian, CEO of Guardian Link and NFT Marketplace. Prakash Somasundaram, CEO of Engine Starter, a blockchain gaming launchpad. And Matthew Gunnan, CEO of esports, which is at the intersection of gamers, esports, and fantasy sports. Our talk today will focus on all things metaverse, NFT, blockchain gaming, and esports. Curious about what the metaverse is and why NFTs are bigger than just digital art? How big is the gaming and the esports industry and why you should pay attention even if you're not a gamer? What does the metaverse mean for brands and enterprises? And how do you build a strategy to establish your presence? Well, my guests have answers to all this and more. Welcome, Ram, Prakash, Matthew to the FinTech Talk Show. Great okay. to be here. Great. Everybody, be here. Great. Um, before we get into the metaverse, can we stay in the physical world and talk about you guys? A round of introduction. How did you come to this journey? Let's start with Ram, go to Prakash, and then Matt. Ram. Um, so my journey with Web3 started about three years back. Uh, we started a blockchain R&D firm, right? So this is around 2018-19 um, period when uh, Bitcoin was just growing at about $3,000, $4,000. And you know, my uh, co-founder came ahead and said, hey, there's something called Bitcoin. My client went ahead and paid in, paid in that. I want to see what it is. And we start, We had an all-nighter and we went through this and we understood what is blockchain. And it literally blew our mind, right? We thought this is going to be the future. And um, and that's how we started. We started as a seven-member company, uh, very small. And then about you know, three years, we became about 350 employees. So um, that was, uh, you know, the peak of blockchain and ICOs and all exchanges and stuff. So we built various products. Um, this is right from um, tokenization, marketplace, um, cryptocurrency exchanges and whatever, right? So we built it all. Um, and uh, we built a foundation very strong in blockchain. And uh, that, that's how we got into this. And um, in 2020, we realized uh, that NFT is something big. Uh, it's an interesting concept that, can, that is coming out of blockchain. And uh, it's nothing like before. And, it, it, I, I did, and we also believe that it's a technology that can be applied across various verticals and demographics, right? So uh, crypto is something which is more of finance and uh, you know you can apply it for payments and things across. But uh, NFT is something that can be across various verticals. And uh, we understood that early and, and we built products around that. And we always wanted to become a B2C. We didn't want to stay as a warranty company and in 2021 we went ahead and rebranded as garden link and we launched yeah so that's that's our background great um from crypto focus blockchain engineering focus to nft and i like the point you're making that nft is a little bit more broad so would love to kind of get get more deep into that uh prakash sure uh so my journey also began um in the fintech space right so uh, post-exit from my digital marketing uh, agency. Um, you know, we started doing a lot more work uh, in the fintech space, uh, which led to us uh, to discover uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, and that kind of began this journey, uh, specifically with Engine Starter, a company that we started um, April last year. So we're exactly about a year old. 
uh, we saw an opportunity with um, Engine, uh, especially with your upcoming um, blockchain uh, called Infinity, uh, and we felt that there was a need for a dedicated uh, launchpad specifically uh, for them. Uh, and that's kind of how we began our journey. Uh, we started investing um, into uh, blockchain gaming startups as well as metaverse uh, startups. Uh, and more recently, we started widening uh, our interests uh, into music uh, as well as entertainment. Uh, and a lot of them are showing a great amount of potential uh, at GetGo. Uh, and I guess, uh, yeah, we'll be discussing a lot more of that uh, during uh, this podcast. Awesome, Prakash. Yeah, I, I hear that the music industry is up for a kind of a disruption because there's a lot of kind of middlemen um, economics there to be extracted out and maybe um, NFTs and music in, in, in the blockchain is going to do that. So would love to hear what you're doing there. Um, thanks. Um, Matt, Matthew. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me. So yeah, my name is Matt uh, Gunn and I'm, I'm the founder CEO of Esports One. So I've been in esports and gaming for about 10 years, 11 years now. I've been an entrepreneur all my life and, and got kind of deep into Web3 and crypto, um, really kind of uh, at the beginning of the clubhouse days, I think during like early during COVID. You know, I, I, I would say I've kind of, I, I've, uh, I've been deep into crypto for probably like four years, but I didn't get like from a professional entrepreneurial uh, kind of just perspective until until it became just kind of a topic of conversation um, you know, on clubhouse shows and, and clubhouse rooms. And, and, you know, you, you join these rooms, people would start talking about these new projects, like this, you know, this dumb bored ape NFT that was being launched in a couple of weeks and, and to get a whitelist spot. And, and, uh, and for some reason, I, I never jumped on those uh, kind of all those early opportunities uh, with all these NFTs that, that I could have been really early at. And so I've always kind of kicked myself, uh, you know, for, for not you know, kind of seeing where, where things were heading. And I don't think really many people did, but I did see the true kind of underlying opportunity that was on the forefront here with NFTs and, and more so just this ability of, of kind of uh, interoperability of, of assets within kind of a, a gaming metaverse. And so what we're, what we've kind of taken a traditional daily fantasy platform that we built within the esports kind of industry grew it to you know hundreds of thousands of users. Uh, really built kind of a, a niche for the esports space, uh, and and specifically for fantasy esports. And we're taking that, we're kind of applying that to uh, to kind of this Web 3.0 movement, and we're doing that by looking at what you see with traditional sports stadiums and kind of the physical world. And for us, it's about bringing that to the digital world and creating the equivalent of a concert hall or a football stadium or a baseball you know uh stadium and creating the equivalent of that in in the metaverse and and doing so by introducing you know experiences like fantasy but also you know skill-based gaming and wagering and and you know other assets that that can be kind of uh, introduced within this new environment that wouldn't really been been able to do in 2.0 so so yeah, that's really where our, our expertise and excitement is, is about. And, and even with this uh, kind of this bearish market on the horizon, I think there's still a lot of opportunity uh, uh, for, you know, for those to kind of stand out from the rest and take advantage of this kind of downswing, I, I would say, in the market and, and capitalize on it. 
Yeah, I know. Talk about bear market, of course. Yeah, that's that's front of mind for a lot of folks. But but as you say, meaning that sometimes bearish markets are kind of the opportunity for for some of the good value uh, to take off. Um, no, awesome. And and Matt, I think we met first in Clubhouse. So yeah, it was kind of I think a COVID phenomenon. It, it's 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 kind of maybe not super popular nowadays, but but would love to get back on Clubhouse. And yeah, Clubhouse connect. was great. No, it was fun days. I think that was where I met some people I'm still very close with today. And I I, I miss those sort of rooms, those sort of like very personal. You get to meet people, it, it, and I don't think that's going to come back anytime soon. I think COVID just kind of allowed every, put people in that environment. But but yeah, you met you. It was it was an exciting time to kind of be you know, at the ground floor of what's coming within Web3. True. Maybe Clubhouse will morph into Metaverse or, or it will take a form where, where folks will meet in the Metaverse, but we'll talk about that. But thank you. Thank you, um, uh, Matthew, for that introduction. Um, I, what I like to do in my podcast for audience is to kind of build some foundation, build some kind of ground um, 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 kind of definitions, if you will, because not everyone knows everything. So maybe if I can ask you guys to kind of talk a little bit, um, establish some foundation, right? Some say it's like the 90s web, that something big is happening with, with the metaverse and Web3 and the changing of the web. So maybe Matt, if I go to you this time, um, so what is the metaverse? I mean, how do we define it for people who just are not connected to it just yet? And how is it different from kind of the current online, digital, and physical world? Yeah, well, I think kind of taking you know the the comparison that yeah a lot of people say is like this Web three is going through a similar sort of sta uh, stage as what what the internet went through during the dot com boom. Uh, and that's just, I mean, it's a very easy sort of comparison that what, what's happening, what happened back in the you know, early 2000s with this new, uh, you know, cunning kind of technology layer that was being introduced to the world through blogs, through social media that everyone was trying to capitalize on and everyone was, was saw, okay, here's where the future is. Here's where the future is, it's the internet, it's social media. And so we need to build we need to build, you know, apps and, and DeFi, you know, or finance platforms, and we need to capitalize on this opportunity. And so you just saw this groundswell, just so many different projects and, and companies and applications and uh, stocks that would, you know, IPOs, and it ended up causing a dot-com boom and just caused kind of a crash in the market. And then after that, you saw a settling of all these, these corporations where the outliers would, that were actually doing something that could be seen as long-term we're standing out from the rest. And that's where we're at from a Web3 standpoint. So when you hear kind of this metaverse uh, kind of framework, this metaverse idea, you, you kind of can, can compare it similarly to like the, what was the internet of, of the 90s and 2000s. It's, it's this new way of thinking about where the future is heading and where we're heading is sort of a uh, society, where we're heading from a technology standpoint, where we're heading from just a financial capabilities, decentralization, uh, you know, uh, uh, perspective and what the metaverse really is, it's just a, it's a new way of, of, of kind of conceptualized interaction and engagement with other people through a virtual world and through digital, you know, experiences. This isn't anything that's different. That's already not already being done. Roblox does this already. Minecraft already has this. You have, you know, you have video games that are multi, you know, MMOs, multiplayer, you know, games that have hundreds, if not thousands of people that are 
playing with one another in these kind of digital worlds. And in a sense, that can be considered a quote unquote metaverse. But what what this layer that starts to kind of uh, unbundle from this is once you start to kind of incorporate interoperability where you can you can kind of uh, you know you can games can work between one another you know applications can interchange one another I can have earn a currency or a token or an item uh, in one game and I can utilize that in another game or another platform and then I can take the these digital items that I win or that I earn playing a video game and I can then redeem it at a concert or at a physical world and so the quote unquote metaverse is you know at its underlying it's a digital experience. It's a, it's a digital experience. But where the long-term kind of viability is, is how we take that metaverse and we intertwine it with the with our physical lives that we're kind of you know living right now and bring those two together. And that that's where that's where we're heading. And that's where you're going to see in the same way that the dot-com allowed companies like Amazon to kind of come out from the ashes and and you know and build what they have today. You're going to see the same sort of companies now that after kind of this little, you know doc this web three crash what or you know whatever you want to call it you'll start to see those platforms that have figured out a way to take the metaverse angle as well as the physical world angle bring those together and introduce some sort of value that has longevity that kind of you know connects people uh in, in multiple ways no that's great thank thanks for kind of building that up uh matthew um and and it's kind of as i see it the convergence right so there's that digital experience and there's that virtual experience and it, it's more than just kind of a browser base like you take i took the example of roblox and, and 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 other games which have kind of their own world but kind of bringing that into kind of the physical or converging them um that that's kind of a, a step up from from our current um, experiences that we have online, um, Ram, if I can go to you, how does NFT fit into all this metaverse and Web three all? Absolutely. So um, NFT is a key concept to a metaverse ecosystem, right? Um, what do you want to own in a metaverse? It's a virtual asset, and um, how do you prove the ownership to that? And the best way that you can do is to use NFTs, right? Because NFTs lets you prove your ownership on the blockchain and it's immutable. Um, it's not like I can go ahead and buy a land deed physically and then have that the government say that, you know, you own this, right? It's not like in the virtual world. In the virtual world, you would need, you know, a virtual mechanism to go ahead and say that this is the property that you own. And this is, uh, you know, the authority that, that's going to go ahead and say that you own this. And the authority comes through the community, not by a centralized body. That's where decentralization happens. So I guess that's the core. That's where NFTs come in. It lets you own um, assets in the metaverse. And a metaverse, apart from experience, I guess owning virtual assets as much as you own physical assets in real world, which is which is important for you. Uh, owning virtual assets is very important. And uh, to represent that, you, need, you would need NFTs. And NFTs, apart from being that, um, also let you have uh, certifications, right? So it lets you say that you own this access pass to this particular event you own this, you know, access to a community that's going to be part of the metaverse. I guess that's very important. And that's where NFTs come again. So um, they play a very crucial role uh, in the metaverse. This is across, you know, various experience that we brought in. And, um, you know, it's it's starting with, you know, avatars and PFPs and, you know, access bars and all that. But I think it's going to go beyond that 
Uh, we've seen that happening with BAYC. They went ahead and had a PFP. And then they went ahead and added merchandise uh, to it. And then they went ahead and started selling land deeds over uh, NFTs, right? So we would see this progress happening. And uh, it, it is sort of like the end, uh, you know, end race for everyone to reach out to, right? So um, NFTs would end up being the biggest use case in the metaverse and metaverse would be the biggest use case of NFT. So I guess that's how it will happen. So yeah, so I, I definitely believe it's going to be a bigger role in metaverse. And and obviously, as you know, um, Matthew was saying, um, the interoperability is very important, you know, between multiple metaverses. Right now, I can't have an NFT in decent land and move it to Sandbox or Somnium, right? I guess that's very important. Uh, we're still getting there. Um, uh, once that truly happens, um, that's the actual, you know, metaverse that we want to experience, right? So we are getting there. We would be there soon. And um, also, fidgetals is something that I believe would become big, where you would have a digital twin for every physical item that you own, which you could have it in the metaverse. And um, uh, these are the major key points that we can take from how NFTs would fit into the bigger picture of metaverse. Got it. Now, that's beautiful, Ram. Um like in the physical world, we have countries or states or provinces and counties that custody like real estate or other assets like private entities like banks um, that can custody and 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 that happens. The, the, the way you explain it, it's great. So in metaverse, it's it's NFT is kind of almost the contract or the currency or or the representation, the custody and how it flows around. And there is no central authority, kind of the network. Um, manages uh, most of it. There is that interoperability issue, and we should get into that. Um, but but thanks thanks for that beautiful explanation of how NFT kind of plays in uh, the whole metaverse and and Web three a world that we're going into. Uh, Prakash, so what I heard from Matthew and and Ram is that metaverse primarily is kind of the experience side. Blockchain for 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 a large part is infrastructure. So how are the two related and why do we need blockchain for the metaverse? Sure. Uh, so I guess blockchain is where the uh, value creation is being locked uh, and the value transfer is taking place. Uh, and in the, in the beginning of the whole decentralized world, we use tokens as a means to um, you know, get people, especially the community to come in and participate. Uh, but because it, you know, it still looked and smelled like a, a financial instrument, uh, there was only a very small community that we could reach. Uh, but with NFTs now, um, you know, it is a store of value uh, as well as a transfer of culture. Um, so why would someone pay so much money uh, for a PFP? Is because they relate with that culture. It gives them access. Uh, but I think broadly speaking, the biggest thing that we really need to understand now is through these NFTs uh, and through the blockchain, we can now truly own our own data. Uh, and that's the mistake that we did in Web2, right? We gave away uh, our data for free, uh, not realizing that we, we were the product, right? Just because we were using products for free uh, didn't mean uh, it was free for real, right? Uh, and this is where we gave away all our data uh, and we started using these products so much uh, and we started living a lot more a digital life, right? So where we're going now, uh, this transition into this metaverse is where we're actually going to start spending a lot more time uh, in the digital environment, 
uh, you know, there are generations that are being born in this uh, environment where it becomes very, very natural for them. Uh, and we're going to spend a lot more time in the digital world and lesser in real life. Uh, but this is where, if we actually see the bigger picture, it could actually now allow us to actually get back time uh, that we can actually spend with our loved ones. Um, so this is that transition that we're going to go through and NFTs are that uh, key component. Uh, and without the blockchain, uh, it's going to be impossible. Uh, but, you know, eventually it's got to be a very seamless experience. We talk a lot about uh, interoperability, but for the mass market, the man on the street, he doesn't really care uh, which chain, uh, you know, we're building this NFT. Uh, he just wants to know that he can actually buy uh, asset uh, and the value of that asset is linked to him. Uh, so there's a lot of work to be done. We're still very, very early in this journey, uh, but it's extremely exciting to see the various applications. I think Ram had uh, some very good examples on how uh, the board apes uh, have brought this uh, from a digital environment into the real world. Uh, and we're going to start seeing a lot more of that um, hybrid uh, action and hybrid applications coming about. Oh, wonderful. Um... I, I like how you kind of set the decentralization, right? Like a search engine or the search capability in the metaverse without a kind of a central player or even a social media or equivalent in the metaverse or kind of a ride sharing company without kind of having um, kind of the margins for the central mediator, right? It can be decentralized. The blockchain can enable all that. And that will kind of take the value or the, the, the the margins to the value creator, right? The creator's economy. So, so it's wonderful. And, and you're right, we're kind of in the early stages now and we'll have to see how it evolves and, and business models might change too. Like Bitcoin, kind of the largest crypto does not have kind of a company or a CEO or shareholders, so to speak. So we, we don't know how this will evolve. Um, but on that, and this is for any one of you, how, how big is this, right? I have seen, I did some research before the podcast uh, that gaming obviously is a big current industry. Um, the metaverse is just coming up, but a lot of big people, about big names have kind of um, launched their metaverse. Um, Web3 is kind of the creator's economy is up and coming. There's a lot of freelancing already going on, but but it's coming. The digital art um, economy is there. So how big is this all thing put together or even in the buckets? Anyone? NFT is around uh, the current market cap is about 17 billion, I believe, right? So and a metaverse, they're putting at around $62 billion as and the, you know, it's expected to grow up to about a trillion dollars by 2030. And I, be, I believe that it would, right? I think it will it'll become much more bigger than that. Um, those are the numbers, but in terms of um, actually what's happening, right? Um, um, I'll just talk about what we do with brands, right? Uh, one of the reasons we work with brands and uh, the brands want to get into NFTs and metaverse and all that is because, um, you know, they know how to reach out to the millennials and the older generation, but they don't know how to reach out to the Gen Zs, right? Uh, uh, Gen Zs are a generation who grew up seeing digital screens. Um, for them, virtual assets mean much more than a physical asset, right? And uh, these brands wouldn't know how to reach out to them and they don't want to lose out what they did in Web2, right? Uh, they don't want to 
do what blockbuster did and netflix happened right so uh, that, i think that's uh, that's the transition that we're seeing here and it would become much more bigger as years pass by uh, there'd be more and more brands and more and more uh, enterprises that come to web3 and metaverse and nfts and uh, because they want to reach out to the younger audience those are the ones who are going to buy going to buy buy their products going forward and um, that is one of the reasons why metaverse and all this will grow and uh, of, and for a very longer time we've been actually getting into the metaverse right you know we uh, we the times that we spent into social media where a, a picture a story on instagram meant much more than actually telling someone in person what we feel like right and um, covid kind of accelerated that right we lived our world through seeing uh, zoom and talking to people over zoom having zoom universities and stuff like that so i guess it kind of accelerated the overall process and we've been getting there for a very long time now it's kind of becoming a reality and in a much more virtual and much more immersive experience so yeah so i guess it the market is huge for metaverse yeah no trillion trillion dollar that's that's big and i have seen some reports of trillion dollars earlier than 2030 um, but yeah, we're kind of in a bear market. We'll see how this projects. But um, Matt, Matthew, um, numbers perspective from the gaming side. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's hard to actually kind of quantify a number around, um, you know, what the market is right now because just because of so much volatility. I mean, like right now, if you looked at like the value of like every metaverse is driven or kind of the 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 metaverse as a whole. I mean, it's driven by the value that is attached to any metaverse, I guess you'd say, is derived uh, largely by the, you know, the economics around the, the tokens and the commodities and kind of the actual assets that are within that marketplace. And so unlike if you look at uh, a, a game like World of Warcraft or, or, or Fortnite, where you can basically easily say, okay, this skin is worth $10 because to buy it, you need a thousand Fortnite bucks or whatnot. And a thousand Fortnite bucks is worth $10. Um, but within the, you know, the metaverse, it is largely, I mean, it's, it's, it's largely tied to a, a token or currency. And so we, you can have a swing where, and this is, this is like, it's hard hard to even kind of conceptualize this because it's something that the, you know, web two world, I would say everything kind of pre, you know, 2020, it can't really justify other than just like interest rate hikes and declines and just kind of like just, a, you know, how much money is in circulation. Because um, right now, if you look at like a, all right, there, say there's a metaverse with 100,000 users and it's all pegged to Ethereum, and all those users spend like a hundred dollars a piece in Ethereum, or they have a hundred hundred Ethereum. If that if that token drops or increases fifty to hundred percent, I mean you're seeing just vast you know shifts in the market size. Um, and so I think the more important sort of uh, qualifier for what you know where the opportunity or where sort of the growth or size of these of what a uh, you know, kind of the, this web three world will look like is you look at, okay, how much is spent within the gaming industry? And there's, I mean, we're, we're breaking records in gaming every year is more money is being sent spent on gaming within Fortnite, Roblox, League of Legends, or, you know, uh, you know, Call of Duty, you, you name it. And that, but the, the, the issue is that gaming hasn't really, 
justified a move into Web3 yet. Like the gaming world hasn't really adopted this NFT mindset. They, there's just all these sort of, you know, negatives and qualms that they're trying to, that some justified, most aren't necessarily, uh, but that, but if you just look at it in terms of how big the gaming market is, well, the game market is massive and it's hundreds of billions of dollars worldwide. And then there's, there's hundreds of millions. Uh, well, I mean, total people that play video games is like 2.2 billion. I mean, that includes everyone playing mobile games to desktop to you know console, but people that play like competitive games is three, four, 500 million people around the world. And so I, if that, if you bring just 10% over that to this metaverse, I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at tens of billions of, of uh, dollars being spent, how that, how that is equated to a cryptocurrency. Well, there's, there's a lot of kind of unknowns there, but I think the, you know, obviously the market size here and market opportunity is massive. It's just a matter of how fast and how quickly will adoption happen and at what rate will that, will that occur? Interesting. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, thanks. saying that that's a good, good point around the kind of the size of the gaming market and just number of people who participate and dollars that flow. And I see a lot of pay to play uh, model too. Well, if you get time, we'll get into that. Uh, but Prakash, you, you're based in Singapore with close ties to Hong Kong, India now establishing um, here in the US. So talk a little bit about uh, where do you see the most action? I know this is kind of virtual and on, on metaverse is kind of internet-based, but which physical geographies uh, do you see the most activity in? Sure. Well, we're, we're definitely seeing a lot of um, uh, opportunities and growth in emerging markets. Uh, we first saw that uh, in the play-to-earn space, uh, especially in Southeast Asia. Uh, and again, it was timing, right? Uh, it was a period where people couldn't go out to work um, and uh, play to earn or, you know, these virtual environments allowed uh, these guys to actually uh, spend time and convert that time uh, into digital currencies and eventually into fiat that could, you know, put food on the table. Uh, and we're definitely seeing a lot more of that opportunity coming about. Um, and I think the emerging market opportunity is massive. It's very similar to the offering that FinTech had, right? Where, you know, we can now bring a whole new generation of unbanked uh, and to provide them uh, with financial instruments uh, that can actually help them level up uh, from wherever they are. Uh, and that excites us, right? I mean, it's an opportunity for us to alleviate poverty uh, in emerging markets and also to kind of give people an equal opportunity um, uh, to life, right? Um, so we're definitely seeing a lot of that opportunity. Um, you know, we just did our first investment uh, in a project uh, in Africa uh, and where they are actually looking at uh, allowing people to actually play games, uh, but putting that, um, you know, uh, whatever output into paying uh, utility bills and paying, um, you know, government uh, services. And again, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of these new uh, business models and new applications are coming out. Uh, and I think, you know, moving forward, it's going to be very, very exciting. Very cool. 
Yeah. No, I think we you you guys talked a little bit about what you are doing when we're talking, kind of painting the bigger picture. But I want to kind of just get a little bit more detail on what individually you're building and your companies are building and what where you're going with it and and who in the ecosystem you are looking to connect. We have a broad audience um, uh, that includes startups and enterprises and bankers and so on and so forth. So um, if I could go to Prakash first in this round, um, talk, talk a little bit about what Engine Starter is sure. doing. You, you kind of alluded to, uh, to helping gamers and building um, there and how you fit into the kind of the stack, the ecosystem at large and who are you looking to connect with as you sure. grow to your next stage? Sure, so we're primary ecosystem builders. Um, you know, we look to build bridges with as many people as we can. Um, and uh, the way that we do it is to uh, find ways to actually collaborate with as many people as we can. Uh, primarily what we are, we're an accelerator. We identify projects uh, where we can invest uh, anything from 25K up to 100K. Uh, once we are invested with them, uh, we identify what are the challenges that they have. Uh, we help them raise additional capital. We help them build a community. Uh, and most importantly, we prepare them for crowdfunding exercise, uh, which will be hosted uh, on our launchpad, uh, where our community will come in and participate uh, and get tokens in exchange. Uh, and beyond that experience, uh, uh, you know, what we do is we actually help them with partnerships. Uh, we, we help them with growth. Um, so that's primarily what we do. Uh, in terms of who we're looking for, we're looking for anyone who's interested in a journey into uh, Web3, right? I mean, you know, we're always looking for talent. We're always looking for ambassadors. Uh, we're definitely looking for brands to come and join us uh, in this journey. Uh, and most importantly, startups, right? So we're seeing uh, both Web2 startups that are actually now coming to us to actually uh, get help uh, to get into Web3. Uh, and we're also seeing startups who are actually uh, just leaving, you know, the large corporate lives to actually come and start a Web3 startup. Uh, and again, you know, the energy that I'm seeing in this space uh, is very similar to the same energy that we saw uh, during Web1 and Web2, uh, except that now, uh, you know, we've had some time to actually understand uh, the digital media a lot better. Uh, and, and, you know, we're building on a very strong foundation. Uh, and this is where we see Web3 moving a lot quicker and faster. Uh, and yeah, we'll just love to connect with anyone who wants to be a part of this journey with us. Great. And I, I want to <clears throat> uh, get get your discords and I know a lot of the crypto activities on discords, but website, but if someone wants to get in touch with you and we'll put it on the comments in, in, in the podcast, um, but, but go ahead, um, Prakash, if you want to just give out a um, website or discord channel where people can get in touch with um, Engine Starter. So I'll share our link tree uh, and all our social presence is there. Uh, and yeah, feel free to get connected in the best uh, media possible. Uh, we're active uh, and present in pretty much all platforms. Okay, awesome, awesome. So uh, Ram, if I can go to you next, uh, professional sports franchises are pivoting um, to NFT for collectibles and enhanced experience. Uh, the French unicorn Sorare um, did that for soccer. You're doing something for cricket, uh, given your background in India and some of the Commonwealth uh, countries that play cricket with Jump Dot Trade. So tell us, tell us more about Jump Dot Trade. 
So yeah, definitely. So uh, there are two important aspects to Guardian, um, what we do here. And uh, one of them is brands, where we work with brands to launch these NFTs. And I've told you the reasons why brands want to get into NFTs. Uh, the other um, aspect of Guardian is gaming, right? Um, the gaming is more of an independent way of Guardian getting into NFT space. Because all of these games are launched by us, either by, by us on our own or through partnership with gaming studios. And the very first game that we're launching is a cricket game. It's a, it's a play to earn cricket NFT game. Uh, why cricket? The answer is India, because cricket is religion over here. And, uh, and it's a cricket season and we, and we decided we'll go ahead and launch with that. And uh, it's a very interesting game where the players itself are NFTs. Um, you could buy players as NFTs and you can form a roster with it. And you can use that roster to choose a team to play with. And as you play matches and you, as you win tournaments, you level up on your leaderboard and you earn rewards. Apart from this, your um, NFTs would also increase in value because of your skill set and the parameters that go, grows up as you play the game. And uh, it breeds into a, you know, from a level two to a level three NFT and you would be able to sell the one that you already had. So uh, it has all the bells and whistles of the existing, uh, you know, play to earn game. And, and we've also done something extra where we've gone ahead and understood what went wrong with some of them. At least we know that we understood now. We'll see what happens later. But, um, you know, we've built in rental mechanisms within the platform itself. There is no guild outside. You could go ahead and rent it if you can't afford it. And, um, you know, India is someone who always want to have a lower barrier to entry. So if you can't afford a particular NFT, you could go ahead and rent it for someone who has an NFT and you could do a revenue share with them. Uh, we have a certain tier of NFTs, which are always priced at a particular price point. So you can get on easily into the game. Uh, we have we let people grind and play the game uh, with sort of like a shadow NFT. And as they reach on a certain point of reward, we give them an NFT, right? We have built in these kind of mechanisms to bring in people who are casual gamers and gamers who, who you know, who, who can't have the, you know, sort of like uh, the the necessary uh, potential to go ahead and buy an NFT, but still want to play, but still want to, you know, grind. I know th those are the guys that we would love to target. That's the community that we would like to bring in and let them play the game and enjoy the game and get rewarded as they play. So um, th that's the overall um, you know, reasoning and aspect behind launching games. And we have a couple of other games that we're launching as well. We are having a racing game that we're launching and we have uh, a, a interesting uh, alien themed game, uh, which is a hardcore simulation game that we're launching. And then there are a couple of other games that we'll be launching soon as well. So. Uh, interesting times. Um, I uh, am an avid gamer right from my childhood. So um, this is the most exciting part of my work. Right? So yeah, so interesting stuff. Great, great. No, um, I think Jump.Trade, uh, as I see it, it's kind of the unicorn for um, in cricket, like similar to Sorare. But um, good good luck with some of the other ones too. Sounds, sounds very exciting. Um, Matt, you, you're doing similar stuff, if I understand it, with, with your arenas, kind of more on the esports side. And that, that's a big market and, and even kind of in the US, although this is happening around the world. So talk a little bit about Esports One and how you're kind of operating at the intersection of gamers, the fantasy, and the esports world. Yeah, how, we, how we've kind of looked at it, it's like we built out when we started Esports One, we focused uh, largely on building sort of the, the analytics platform. This is what we started about. I mean, we're a four and a half, five-year-old company. And so we were able to go out and just acquire a bunch of stats and data uh, around all the major esports titles, 
And then we built these dashboards and these uh, scouting tools and these broadcaster uh, kind of portals that commentators could use. And, and then we licensed that to Riot and Blizzard and a bunch of the big game publishers. And, <clears throat> and then we took everything we, we learned there and applied it to fantasy, daily fantasy. And we created these sort of unique fantasy experiences similar to DraftKings and FanDuel and did that for esports. And then, and then comes Web3 and crypto. And so what we've kind of, how we've taken that model and that user base and applied it to, to Web3 is by looking at it from more of a, a, a experiential standpoint where we can say, okay, you know, when you go to a football stadium, uh, you know, the experience of watching a football game at the stadium versus at home is very different. But watching an esports event at, at home versus in a stadium is pretty similar. You're, you're watching essentially the same thing. And so if, we, if we're able to instead create our own kind of uh, type of, of quote unquote metaverse through the lens of these virtual arenas, then users and, and, uh, and brands and teams can acquire an arena that will be released at a certain, you know, on a certain time period with only a certain quantity of them will be made available. And then we, we are able to then create experiences that the arena owners can introduce to their community. And one of those is fantasy. One of those is skill-based wagering where you can you know, compete for you know, our token or the arena owner's token in other games. And you can go into Fortnite and first person that gets 100 kills wins, uh, wins against this other, you know, against the other person. Or we can do, we can create, uh, we have this NFT builder that allows brands to build and design their own NFTs. And then they can uh, create contests and experiences for their community to compete against one another. And, and for us, it's, it's really, it's largely about creating this metaverse where if I, if I just own a digital plot of land in Decentraland or Sandbox, I still have to, I still have to design the entire thing. I still have to go in and, and create, you know, have to work within a, a Unity tool or a 3D tool to create all the experiences or pay someone to create all those. And for us, it's about, all right, when you own that arena, we want to make it as easy as possible for you to then entertain and, and monetize and provide value to your community through experiences that we've already created uh, within, that we've created within our metaverse. And it's worked extremely well. We, we, we uh, initially launched what we've called a meta pass, which is we made freely available for anyone to, uh, to claim we released in different stages. The first one was there's only a thousand. The second there was five thousand or three thousand, and the third one it, there was unlimited amount, and they only it only lasted for about a week. And we had over two hundred fifty thousand people claim uh, a MetaPass, and you could only claim one per wallet. And and so uh, we saw like most of those wallets, sixty percent of the wallets that claimed this MetaPass, it was their first time ever doing a transaction on that wallet, and and it's our way of kind of make like making the barrier entry as easy as possible for gamers and then create these experiences within this metaverse that then you know excites gamers we're not we're not creating a play to earn game we're not creating a web3 game we're creating this virtual experience that then you know uh, elevates other games other communities um and fantasy is what fantasy esports is obviously one of those things and so similar to the you know, from, to the cricket kind of uh, 
uh, platform is, is we, we partner with the teams and the brands and we have uh, player collectibles that people can collect by you know, playing on our platform and, and they can purchase through a marketplace or they can earn and then they can use those collectibles to, to play you know, fantasy. But then there's all these other things. We work with brands where they can design a custom energy drink NFT and then have a contest uh, in their arena for their fans to compete for a free you know, year supply of whatever, uh, whatever energy drink and through an NFT. So um, we're working with a club right now in Austin to, uh, to have like the digital equivalent of an arena be the same thing as the physical um, equivalent of the club. And so if you have access to the digital arena, you also have access to the physical uh, club. So uh, that, that's kind of how we're, we're you know, combining both the digital world and the physical world and bring it together through the introduction of arenas. Yeah, no, fascinating. And arenas is is if I connect it to the physical world, right? So if I kind of take a ballpark or or a stadium, um, and a professional sport like NFA, NFL or NBA, kind of a parking in a ballpark or or kind of um, doing a contract with them, and and then the, obviously there's a lot of economics there. So arenas are something similar um in, in that it's in the metaverse so are these arenas or or if a gaming team wants to get an arena from esports one how do they go about and yeah and is it interoperable across uh metaverses or is or is it so we're one? yeah so we're so brands we work we've basically we did a thousand uh we minted a thousand arenas and we've set aside about 200 of those that we are making available to partners and brands and so we're working with different brands and teams that they where they can acquire one of the arenas and then they basically activate it by staking it on our on the site once it's staked they start uh earning our token as well as it starts enabling these teams and brands to start begin hosting experiences and hosting uh events like we have a discord bot that integrates with arenas we have all these kind of integrations but the easiest way to kind of think about it is if i if i go out and i buy a football stadium I'm going to host football games. Like that's going to be the number one thing. So for us, like if you buy an arena, you're going to be able to host fantasy contests. But if I own a football stadium, football games only happen once a week. So I'm also going to host concerts. I'm going to host conferences. I'm going to host maybe a hockey game in, in my football stadium. I might host a baseball game. And for us, it's all right, we're, we're building the digital equivalent where we have an arena that can host fantasy contests your community can, can compete regularly for collectibles, for your favorite team, for a brand, but then that, that owner of that arena will also be able to host and run other types of experiences that might integrate with other third-party you know, apps, or it, it might be just various sort of experiences that we've created. And by doing that, and then we also make it where if, if you are a fan of a team, so we, we partner with a big esports team or we, one of the esports teams we're partnering with, they can then restrict access to their arena, to their digital arena based on you know, qualifiers that they uh, enable. Maybe it's an NFT that they've already created or maybe they want to release their own NFT or NFT collection. And then by owning that NFT, it gives you access to that, that arena. Um, and right now it's not, it, we're, we're still, we still think of like the metaverse from an arena standpoint and more of like a 2d world where it's, where we haven't, we haven't launched like the actual physical or the digital equivalent of where you can like walk into the arena, but that will be kind of how, how it evolves is where we have, you know, we have a digital 
esports kind of map and world and various teams brands own their arenas and you'll be able to go into the world and and walk into various sort of uh you know these various sort of buildings based on uh, if you have the access to 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 that uh arena and and compete in the the different experiences that they have available interesting oh thank you um so robin prakash I, i know we talked about it and if i i remember um uh, for for brands and enterprise, right? Why should they pay attention to the metaverse and all the Web three and other things going on? Um, obviously, the engagement with the Gen Z or the younger generation to bring them into creating new experiences for all their customers, because this is a lot of it is experience. Uh, I recently saw, I think last week, Starbucks has launched a digital third place, and and you know Howard Schultz, CEO of Starbucks. Um, I think he's on on record saying that Starbucks not a seller of coffee, they're a seller of experience. So I feel that he's caught on to that this whole metaverse and and everything is all about experience. So Starbucks wants in on it. So they've, I think, created an NFT loyalty program, um, which I think detail is just coming, but it's about shared experiences, not just in coffee shops, but in the virtual world or with other partners. Um, so that that's potentially an important thing for brands and enterprises to think. But but if you were kind of advising the CEO of a large enterprise, a Fortune 500 company, um, what would be your uh, spiel to say that pay attention to this? Uh, paying attention tomorrow is is too late. You should have have a metaverse and a, a Web three strategy um, today or yesterday. Ram or approach. Yeah, personally, I'm seeing um, a lot more interest from the large corporates um, over uh, the same uh, period during Web2. Uh, I think at Web2, a lot of them just sat back and allowed a lot of startups to get into the space. Uh, whereas this time, we're actually seeing a lot of um, large corporates coming to us uh, to request for some kind of a strategy. You're, you're right to say, um, uh, you know, the experience expect is the key. Um, if anyone is looking at selling uh, anything at this stage, uh, you know, they, they've got the whole concept completely wrong. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's about um, finding your tribe, right? Uh, making sure that your fan becomes an engaged fan and that engaged fan becomes a super fan. Uh, and that's kind of what uh, Web3 is going to offer. Uh, these experiences uh, will allow clubs to be formed uh, and these clubs will allow access to be formed. Uh, and the NFTs are actually providing that key into uh, this universe, right? Um, so that's kind of where uh, we're guiding brands, where it's all about the fan engagement that we're looking for. Uh, and that's why we're also so excited about the music and entertainment space, because a lot of uh, musicians that we've been speaking to um, want to create these NFTs, not uh, necessarily just to make money, but also to have a direct um, relationship now uh, with their fans, they would be able to co-create uh, music uh, with their fans. And now this kind of brings it uh, to a whole new experience. Uh, and while, you know, we always say that Web3 is for the creators, the musicians are the true creators, um, you know, for the longest time, uh, except that, you know, we can take out a whole lot of middlemen uh, and allow that direct interaction. So I guess we're evolving now uh, to an always-on immersive uh, environment. Uh, and brands now need to prepare uh, for that level of engagement. Rob? Yeah. Um, so 
we work with about 40 plus brands um, right now, uh, which will be launching their NFTs in the next 12 months. It's funny you say that, you know, what would you say for a Fortune 500 uh, CEO? Because that's what I'm doing every day. <laughs> so these guys until this is, you know, you need to get into the metaverse, you need to get into NFTs and stuff. Uh, and I would relate to what I told before, um, you know, you don't want to be a blockbuster, you know, and net, let another Netflix come in and take over the market, right? And I, I guess the brands realize that now, um, you know, information passes much more faster than before. Uh, we have the internet every day, we are seeing news on what's happening in Web3, what's happening in NFT space. And the brands read that and they understand that they need to be there, right? And they want to give out better experience to their audience as much as possible. And, uh, and they know that they always have to keep on tapping into the next generation. They want to have that brand recognition built onto the next generation because that's that's how they will survive, right? And to have access to this uh, generation that is growing up, which is one of your buying crowd in the next 20, 30 years, you need to be on... Uh, the web three, you need to be on the metaverse, you need to have NFTs, you need to have build that experience, that virtual experience. And uh, I guess that's that's the reason, uh, you know, uh, brands want to get in here. And that is the reason we also tell to these brands, right? And uh, as Prakash was saying, um, it's more of an uh, experience right now. And to, to come out with that experience, you need to understand what's the brand's ethos. And any brand that we talk to about, um, you know, if it's a media brand, we try to understand what's the what's the brand about, right? What what's their ethos? What's what has been their vision, and how to have that vision passed on in the you know in the virtual world, and how do their NFTs talk about that? So we've always um, you know done that with any brand that we're working with, and um, and one more important thing that we do is that you know we, we don't want them to just see this as an opportunity of promotion, then they should see it as part of their business, you know, as a long term, uh, you know, bring in a use case to it, have it, uh, you know, have a proper utility to your NFT, right? Not, don't let just people hold on for some time just because I bought, you know, uh, you know, a McLaren NFT and I'm proud about it. Bring a use case to it, have, have a purpose to it, let people um, use it for a very longer time. That's what will build that community, right? That, that's, that's what will bring that strong people following to your brand. And um, that's been our uh, major vision to all these brands. And it has worked out well because all of the drops that we've done, we've, sold out 100% and uh, they trade out really well and um, any brand that you've uh, you know that we work on the in the future as well this is what we pass on to them so yeah so um, it's it's very interesting to uh, work with these brands and uh, a lot of new stuff uh, would come out as well there's a lot of new experience and new uh, new way of dealing with NFTs would come out as well so looking forward for that no that's 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 great um, and and it is it is um it is important, um, as you rightly point out. Um, I want to pivot into and maybe just kind of a two or three minute round um, on some of the um, exciting projects you guys see in 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 the horizon. Um, I heard interoperability from I think all three of you. Um, I think Prakash talked about music um, and and obviously fantasy sports, and that's kind of picking up. But kind of at the industry level, not just what kind of you're doing, but what do you see as some of the exciting projects um, out there in this space? Yeah, I can kind of start. I mean, I, I, the most interesting things to kind of follow is or projects that are, are building uh, a cross-chain kind of integration. So um, there, there's a couple of marketplaces I know that are starting to um, pop up that are 
as well as the ones that are already kind of established, but are, are really kind of focusing on cross-chain uh, uh, support where you know, you're going to a marketplace and doesn't matter where your NFT is, is minted or built on, um, you, you know, you can purchase it regardless with whatever token that you have. So if it's on Solana, you can buy it with Matic. If it's on Ethereum, you can buy it with, you know, Luna. Um, I think those are really, uh, are really interesting. And then I would say the other piece that I'm, uh, that uh, is more from a technology standpoint, um, anything that's related to the, the creation and establishment of DAOs. So there are, there's kind of the equivalent of Notion and Coda that's coming to, that's being built as fully Web3 and Web3 enabled, because you have to look at it's like, how do you solve, how do you solve or make it available if I want to create like a shared work workplace for my community where we can contribute to documents and articles and information and I want to token gate that. I want to restrict that based on what NFT you own or what currency or token you own, or if you own one of our NFTs. So I think that's that's going to be super valuable. And then anything related to smart contracts as well. Um, I don't think we've seen, we we haven't even been touched the the you know the tipping point of what's possible with the development of smart contracts and what can be done to you know to help with both gas fees, but also just the ability to, you know, the mutability, upgradability, just composability, just all these different, you know, components that can be done with smart contracts. So, uh, so that those are three areas I'm most excited for. Oh, wonderful. And, and I think each of them need their own kind of podcast, but Raman Prakash, what, 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 what are you seeing? Uh, firstly, I'm really excited about uh, these virtual, uh, you know, a lot of these blue chip uh, NFTs are now uh, creating in real life clubhouses. Uh, and it's really exciting to see how quickly uh, they can attract and build a tribe uh, and the tribe uh, that is very motivated and kind of works together. And I feel uh, like what Matt said, uh, this leads on to the next exciting phase, which is the DAO, uh, where the community actually comes together to vote uh, for what's best um, you know, for the community. And this is now going to create venture creation and value creation in a whole new level. It takes greed away, hopefully. Uh, and it allows a lot of bigger things to be done. Eventually, you could see um, townships being managed by DAOs. Uh, and I think this is where true uh, value gets created because we're moving the value creation from the virtual world into the real world. Uh, and through this, a whole lot of new magic is going to come across. Awesome. I I concur to that in terms of DAO. I, I believe that's the future, right? Um, you know, <clears throat> that's the core of decentralization. Internet was supposed to be that, but it was not. It went to the corporations, but Web3 would change that, right? It it would definitely bring in um, concept of decentralization and make sure that is implemented. The community would take it back. They would start owning it. I guess um, that's definitely going to happen. And uh, in terms of projects, like, um, you know, for example, VAYC itself, uh, even though there's a lot of speculation around it, but what they're doing is some, something great, right? They're, they're making sure the community gets benefited of every act they do, right? And um, I guess that's that's a starting point. And there are a lot of other NFT projects which are very interesting where uh, there are a lot of utility-driven concepts that is going around, like VFriends and all that, uh, which, which has a NFT-only uh, restaurant. And then there are few of the concepts where NFTs are your way, your gate pass to, you know, anything that you want to access there. I guess um, 
that's we are in a very uh, initial uh, stages you know we're just uh, you know getting onto the surface right now a lot of stuff that can be done in terms of technology i believe um, interoperability is, is very important uh, you know i i am one who believes that uh, ethereum will be the mother of all right i don't think there'll be other changes that's going to rule uh, but what you can build on top of it how it can be interoperable across various evms i guess uh, that'll be a game changer and how would um, each product would talk to each other how would each metaverses would talk to each other uh, i think that's very important and that that's what will enable true decentralization which i'm sure it will happen and uh, we are we are really getting there it's uh, it's very early stages and uh, you know, the exciting times yeah a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs like yourselves to kind of innovate in these areas obviously the interoperability the cross chain um, the DAOs obviously have a kind of regulatory or jurisdictional aspect to it. So um, I know in the U.S., Wyoming, the state of Wyoming allows it kind of uh, in some way, but other states don't still recognize it. I know other jurisdictions like Singapore and Switzerland are a little bit ahead. So it'd be interesting to see how that space evolves because there's a little bit of um, um, other, other parties need to come together. Um, and that kind of the physical uh, digital convergence, that's, that's very interesting. And what Starbucks is doing, like you said, um, it's, it's similar to what I, I think Starbucks wants to do. Um, th these are all great. We can go on <laughs> out of time. So I want to go into closing and maybe ask you guys, and you guys kind of um, uh, prognosticated and crystal balled already, but um, talk to anything you want to do on your closing. Um, I'd like I'd like to ask my guests to kind of talk about um, uh, who they want to connect with and give out kind of social media that you are in. I, I know Prakash, I asked you that already. You were going to get the link and we'll include that in the podcast so that people can connect with you. But on to closing, whoever wants to go next. Yeah, I can jump in. Um, yeah, so we're, I mean, we're, we're building kind of, uh, we've taken the three pronged approach to, to what we're building and, and it includes both, you know, uh, we see it as, as establishing our own tokenomics, our own NFT kind of collection and collectibles and builder, and then a DAO, like we mentioned. So we're all, we've, we've uh, launched, like we're, we, we've created a bounty program for community members to get rewarded with our token. And you can find that in our discord, Just go to discord.gg slash E1 uh and then we're we're all over you know social esports one um and uh yeah and that's just really people that are looking to get involved we have a lot of bounties open for developers especially that if they just are looking for side gigs to make some extra cash uh we have that available as well as kind of long-term opportunities for people that want to you know come in early and and get in the ground floor with our with our token uh as well so um look forward just reach out to me on discord thanks matt so um, about Guardian Link, you know, um, as you know, as been saying, right. So we started as uh, an R&D firm, and then we got into block, you know, NFTs because you know we wanted to establish a B2C brand. And as um, any B2C brand out there, uh, community is is the most important thing. And uh, we will um, have our consumers, uh, you know, enjoy a platform. You know, that's what we want, right? Uh, we're building as much as utilities as possible, as much as engagement as possible so that they can consume uh, what we provide to them and also enjoy and, and earn some money as they do. Because um, next 
uh, you know generation that's going to come forward it's all about gig economy right i don't think someone is going to sit in a job for a very long time they're going to have multiple gigs and gaming and um game based nfts and gamified nfts is going to be a great gig economy for them and uh, you know that's what we're trying to do here in guardian link um and yeah so um go ahead and take a look at what we do we are doing a lot of interesting projects and you can reach us out at uh, guardianlink.io it has all our socials there and uh, you know we are excited to be part of this so come join the journey <laughs> awesome thanks ram prakash last but not least Awesome. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we are ecosystem builders. Um, so, if you're interested in the space, uh, come and join our tribe. Uh, you know, come and find a way to contribute. Um, you know, the the true way that you can learn about Web three is to actually participate uh, in it. Uh, we can offer that as a safe environment. We can ensure uh, that you know we will provide uh, as much collaborative uh, opportunities as we can. Uh, and we're constantly looking for partners who have uh, access to strong IP or they have communities that we can work with uh, to do cross uh, promotion to cross growth. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to see if we can, um, you know, meet uh, like-minded people who want to join us for this journey. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Awesome. Thank you so much, um, Ram, uh, coming in late in the night from Chennai while we're recording in May. 2022, Prakash even later in Singapore, um, and and Matt taking time out of your precious morning lunchtime from Austin, Texas. Um, thank you for sharing um, your thoughts and coming on the FinTech Talk Show. I really enjoyed the discussion. Um, this is Patty signing off. Um, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, 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 thank you. Thank you.